All right, all right. Good morning, good morning. Wow, it's great to be here this morning. Welcome to Passion Life Church. We're so, so excited that you're here this morning. And we're excited for those of you that are tuning in via YouTube. Um, but i got to be honest, we want to see you here in the house. We would love to share a hug, a handshake, maybe a cup of coffee with you. So we'd love to have you come on out. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Ben Borger. I'm one of the pastors here at Passion Life Church. I'm the care of congregation pastor. I oversee a number of the serve teams. Um, I oversee the facility and building and all that. Um, and Kelly and uh, my wife Kelly and I lead Wednesday night prayer and our prayer team. And speaking of Wednesday night prayer, man, you got to come and check us out. You got to come and be a part of that. It is an amazing time. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. up in the upper room. And there's three ways in which you can participate in prayer that night. You can have your own personal prayer time. You can pray with others in a group. And you can also come and have one-on-one prayer with some of our prayer partners like we do in the prayer code. want to invite you out for that. Come join us. As you can tell, I'm excited this morning, right? I'm excited to be up here. The message that, uh, the, the message that God has laid on my heart, and He laid it on my heart uh, beginning in the 21 days of fasting and praying. And so He's just kind of been working that message um, in my heart over the past couple of months and just kind of confirming that in a lot of the conversations that I've had with several people in my community. Um, it's a message of obedience, but it's, it's, it's more than just obedience. Um, and let me tell you that this, right, this is not the normal place that you see me on Sunday mornings, right? But when the Spirit um, stirred that message in me and the pastors asked me to preach it, um, I had to step into that obedience, right? I had, to, I had to practice what I'm about to preach, right? So with that in mind, before we get started, uh, um, let's bow our heads uh, together and ask God's blessing over our time together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're, we're just excited to be here. Lord, we know that you have given us this day. Lord, and we want to rejoice and be glad in that. Lord, we have come to this place to worship together, to serve you, Lord, and to hear the message. Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would fill me at this time, Lord, uh, to calm my nerves, to give me the words, Lord, to organize the thoughts, Lord. And I just pray that that our hearts and our minds would be open to the message that you have for us today, something that we would take with us throughout this week and apply it to our lives. Lord, we just ask your blessing upon this time now. We ask this in your name. Amen. So I know you've heard of messages about obedience before, um, but this message is not just about obedience, but it, it also includes what happens when we are obedient. What are the results of, of that? So I want to talk to you about physical obedience brings spiritual release, okay? So we'll take a look at that, and I want to kind of break that down and define that for you a little bit this morning. So obedience in the dictionary um, is defined as dutiful or submissive compliance to the commands of one in authority. That's kind of heady stuff. That's, that's kind of, it's true, but it's not exactly where we're headed this morning. So in simple terms for us as Christians, it means hearing the Word of God or knowing the heart of God and then acting on it. Okay, That's what we're talking about in obedience this morning. And I want to personalize it for you. It implies aligning your will with God's 
okay, doing what God asks you you to do, it's when you completely surrender, surrender to His authority and base your decisions and your actions on His leading. Okay, and I personalize that this morning because um, it's it's a personalized obedience that we're we're calling you into today. So when we ask Jesus into our hearts, it's a personal. We walk into a personal relationship. One-on-one with God. Not what everybody else is doing, right? It's about our personal relationship with God and God alone. And so that's what we're talking about here. The obedience that we're talking about is that one-on-one obedience. You listening to God and God alone. Not listening to the voices and the static and the chatter around you, but listening to what God is telling you to do. Obedience is different than compliance, which is behavior intended to match the majority. I'm sorry, compliance is the behavior influenced by peers. Obedience is not doing things that everyone else is doing, or you see everything, you know, everyone else doing something and you follow that. It's not that. Obedience is different than conformity, which is behavior intended to match the majority. Right? And the, the kind of obedience that we're talking about today, it's going to call you to act contrary to what the majority, especially in this world, right? Okay? Okay, the other element of that statement that I I mentioned, um, spiritual release. And so, spiritual release may include several things. Here's a list of a few of the things that will be released over your life when you are obedient. God's help, physical help, right? Power, protection, healing, miracles, that, that release of Satan's hold on you in those areas of your life. Blessing, and man, blessing that can take on so many different shapes and forms. could be financial blessing, it could be relational blessing, so many different ways. And the last thing is it, it will release God's favor over your life. Now we talk about that word favor and that phrase favor of God or um, a lot in church, and so I wanted to just break that down. So God's favor is different than God's love. God's love is infinite. It is forever, right? It is the same, God loves you the same yesterday as today and tomorrow. It never fades. It never wanes. It's always there. But God's favor is that that noticing above and beyond. I kind of look at it like God is is looking at us, and and when we're obedient, when we step into that obedience, He's saying, "Ah, attaboy, attaboy. I saw what you did there, and I like it. That is awesome. That is what I'm talking about. And so just taking that extra notice when we are obedient. There's a bunch of examples in the, in the Scriptures about how physical obedience brought spiritual release. And we're going to look at a few of them today. Um, and they each show us something just a little bit different about obedience. So we're going to begin in the book of Exodus. And um, just a little context again. Um, the, this is where the um, Israelites, they've been released out of uh, the captivity in Egypt. They're wandering towards the promised land that God has promised them. They're wandering around in the desert, and they are dry, hot, and thirsty. They're starting to complain to Moses, like, um, has God left us? Has God forsaken us? Has He you know, forgotten all about us? What's happening here? And so, um, we're going to pick it up in verses 5 and 6 of chapter 17 in the book of Exodus. And the Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai, 
Strike the the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck that rock as he was told and water gushed out as the elders looked on. So Moses listened to the instruction of God and then he acted on it, right? He acted on it. And look at the spiritual release. You know, God could have just spoken water into existence for them, right? He could have just whispered that and and the water would have flowed and gushed forth. But God, God required Moses' physical obedience before he gave spiritual release. The spiritual release for Moses was that physical help of, of water, that, that water that replenished their bodies. God not only met the need of Moses, but there was approximately two million Israelites traveling with him. And so that water was enough to supply all their needs. One obedient act by Moses brought the spiritual release for an entire nation. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. Next, we're turned to the book of Daniel, and I'm really excited about this, this story here. We're going to really condense it for you, but I've got something really cool that you have to see as we break down the Scripture. Here uh, in the book of Daniel, and as you might know, this is where we get the Daniel fast from, that many of us participate uh, every January um, in our time of prayer and fasting. Um, Daniel, at this point, is 90 years old. Um, Daniel is a, a man gifted with uh, dream interpretation and prophecy, um, but the thing that I love about him is he's a mighty prayer warrior. Okay, He's 90 years old at this point. He's mourning over his countrymen who have kind of fallen aside in their faith, and, and he's noticing the opposition that he's faced with, and so he's praying for prophecy and, and uh, revelation from God over the situation around him. We're going to turn to um, Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And that's verses 2 and 3, and what, what happens next in the, in the story is uh, Daniel receives a visit from an angel of, of God, um, this angel Gabriel, comes to him, and these are, this is God's message being delivered through Gabriel to Daniel. And it says in verse 11, he says, O oh Daniel, man greatly beloved. Now the cool thing that I have to show you, okay, back in verse 3, where it says, I ate no pleasant food. So that pleasant, that word pleasant in the Hebrew means hamad, which means desirable. Okay? And then in verse 11, where it says, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, that word beloved is also the Hebrew word hamad. Okay? So Daniel was physically obedient by fasting and praying. He gave up that which was desirable, and he became desirable by God. Come on, who who doesn't want to be found desirable to God, right? Okay? And the other thing to remember about this too is that you know, sometimes we're called into obedience, and sometimes that obedience isn't comfortable, right? It's not warm and fuzzy. When you're, when you're fasting, right, you, you go through that physical discomfort, right? 
Daniel sacrificed his comfort through his obedience. Okay? And we may sacrifice our uh, we may sacrifice through our obedience as well, but take notice of this, they're not the same thing. Let's go through this. Sacrifice is a matter of what we do for God, okay? Obedience is more about what God does through us. When we yield to his way, we become a pliable instrument in his hand. Okay? Physical obedience brings spiritual release. And we're going to move on to the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho. Okay? Joshua was the leader of the Israelite um, nation at that time. They're moving still towards the promised land. They're come to the city of Jericho. It stands in the way of them moving into the promised land. In Joshua 6, verses 2 through 5, it says, But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. When, then the walls will come down. They will collapse. And the people can charge straight into town. So Joshua and his men did that. They were obedient to that. Let's drop down to verse 20. When the people heard the sounds of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into town and captured everything. Joshua and his men heard what God was telling them to do. They were physical, physically obedient to what God was calling them to do, and they, re- they saw the spiritual release of the miracle of the walls come tumbling down, right? And God giving them the victory where they saw no way God made a way. You know, sometimes I like to place myself in the stories of the Scriptures. And if I'm honest, if I'm putting myself in this story, and I'm Joshua or even one of the Israelite soldiers, I'm sitting there going, God, you want me to do what? Are you crazy? Those walls are some 30 feet high. And you want me to march around and blow trumpets and yell? That's our military strategy? Are you kidding me? Come on. And I think even, even if I went, you know, if I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll just do this. I would be marching around going, this is so stupid. <laughs> this is so stupid. This is never going to work. And listen to those men up on that wall making fun of us. Right? They are talking some serious trash. Are you kidding me? God, are you serious right now? But in the Scriptures, you don't hear where Joshua is complaining. You don't hear where the men are are disgruntled and and arguing. Right? They are obedient to what God has called them to do. We need to examine our posture, our response, and our attitude when we're asked to do things by God. Right? We have to do them with a willing, willing heart. As you look at your life right now, you you may see some obstacles standing in between you and the promised land that God has promised you, right? But our God's not a genie in a bottle. We can't just sit back, hey God, 
Well, yeah, there's walls there. Hey, can you can you take care of those for me? Can you come on? Can you can you just do your thing? Come on. No, we can't just expect God to change things in our life, to change our situation. If you want to have victory over those obstacles in your life, you gotta move. You gotta move. You gotta step into the obedience that God is calling you to. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. I think back to a time in, in our lives. Um, it was a really difficult time back in 07, 08. And I know some of you have similar stories, but I lost my job and was out of work for 13 months. Um, man, I was depressed. I was full of despair. I was questioning my, uh, my position as the man trying to uh, provide, right? Like we're, we're told to do. Um, so it was a really difficult time. And during that time, uh, Kelly and I lost our dream home. Lost it through foreclosure and all that mess. Next stop, we had to go through the, the process of bankruptcy. It was really a rough time. It was really a time where we struggled. So I finally uh, took a job. It was of lesser position, lesser pay. We continued to struggle during that time. Um, but I remember the, the first Christmas that I came to, that we came to, I got a $500 bonus check from my boss. And I'm like, yes, all right, cool. So Kelly and I start talking about how are we going to spend that? What would be the best way to use that money? But we know from the very beginning that God was laying it, on our, laying it on our hearts to give that money away to someone else in the community that needed that money more than, than we did. So we wrestled with that, right? We argued with God, like, come on, God, we need this money. Okay, we bargained with God like we do, like, oh, God, if you let me keep this money, I'll just maybe serve more, I'll do, I'll do more for you, like, right? Like we do. But we knew, we knew. God confirmed it in our hearts that we were to give that money away, so we wrote the check, and sent it off. And i got to tell you that something amazing happened in those days, weeks, and months to follow. Kelly and I started to experience a spiritual release over our lives where that, those spirits of despair and hopelessness um, just, just went away. They, they fleed from us. We started to receive blessing upon blessing um, during that time. Um, our lives kind of took a, uh, a sharp right turn when we uh, uh, were obedient in stepping into becoming foster parents for at-risk teenage boys. And uh, so, uh, again, just a, a different path than what we followed. But, man, we, we fostered 42 boys during that time, and it was, it was a tough time. But no, 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 don't, don't, don't clap. Don't clap. It was all because of God. But I'm, I'm telling you that even through that time when it was hard, okay, it was not always... Again, warm and fuzzy. It was hard times, difficult times going through that. But we received God's favor and God's blessing upon blessing over every area of our life during that time. We experienced a deeper, stronger relationship together as a, as a married couple. Um, we did receive financial blessing. We, I mean, there's so many things that we received through our obedience in that one small area. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. There's just, we're just a couple of weeks away from Holy Week, the heartbreak and celebration of Easter, right? Let's look at the ultimate example of physical obedience and spiritual release. And I love how Paul wrote about Christ's obedience and, and his release 
in Philippians 2 verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Though He was God, He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, He gave up His divine privileges. He took the humble position of of a slave and was born as a human being. When He appeared in human form, He humbled Himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated Him to the place of the highest honor and gave Him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ showed us what true obedience looks like. He humbled Himself. He gave up everything. He humbled Himself. He was physically obedient to the point of death. And from that obedience, God released His favor over Him so that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Through His obedience, the spiritual release of living water has been flowing ever since. Through His obedience, we can receive His blessings, His healing, His miracles, His power, right? All of those things. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. You might be asking yourselves, or asking me, Pastor Ben, how do we know when God is telling us to be obedient doing something? And so I'm going to give you three ways this morning in which you can know. The first way, Bible, right? In, in Psalm 119.105 it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Okay? And keep in mind that, that God will never, never contradict Himself. Okay? He will never ask you to do something contrary to Scripture or to His heart. The more that you get to know the heart of God, the easier it is to know when He's calling you into obedience over something. The second way, second way is to pray. Okay? When you're unsure of something God is calling you to do, spend time in prayer. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. It will be given to him. Okay? The other thing you can do in prayer is you can invite, invite a trustworthy, godly person to come alongside you and pray with you. That's why we have our prayer partners up here on Sunday mornings and we have prayer time on Wednesday night so that when you're not sure if God's leading you in a direction, man, ask a godly, trustworthy person to come alongside you and pray with you. The third thing is the Holy Spirit. Okay, When we invite Christ into our hearts, we have the Holy Spirit in each one of us. And as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit who helps us, helps us discern what is and what is not God's will for our lives. Okay, That Spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. That's from John 16, 13. The Holy Spirit will either agitate your conscience if you're making a wrong decision, or the Holy Spirit will give you peace and encourage you if you're moving towards the right direction. So what way is God calling you to be obedient today? 
For some of you, it may be something small, right? It may be through small acts of kindness. It may be shoveling a neighbor's walk when it snows because you know they're not in a good place physically to be able to do that, right? It may be making a meal for someone that's coming out of surgery that's trying to get back on their feet. Maybe he's calling you to be obedient and serve soup down at the, at the shelter downtown. Or maybe help young moms in our, through our bundle of joy ministry here in the church. He may be calling you to something small. He may be calling you to something big. Maybe he's calling you to foster kids. Be a foster parent. Maybe he's calling you to pick up and move everything across country to start a new church like what our pastors experienced years ago, right? Big, big decisions, big movements, but they stepped into that obedience. Thank God they did. For you students out there, for your students out there, I want to challenge you that this may be your call to be obedient, to be kind to that student in the lunchroom that nobody else wants to have lunch with, nobody wants to hang with, right? And God might be calling you to be that kindness to that student. Now, you probably have all heard the definition of insanity, right? It's doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. I think we as Christians fall into that as well, where we're stuck in the same thing over and over again. We keep praying for the same thing in the same ways, and we seem to be getting nowhere. We kind of sit back and expect God to change our situation. Maybe you're you're stuck in maybe some cycle of addiction, pornography, alcohol, drugs, whatever, toxic relationship. God has freedom for you. Okay? But instead of doing the same thing, you got to move. You got to move out of what you were doing. You got to take a different direction in obedience and step into something fresh and new to experience that spiritual release over your life. You've got to move. God has a better plan for you. God loves you so much and wants so much more for you. He has a promised land for you that's just waiting for you. But we've got to take steps different than what we've been doing before. Maybe He's calling you to get baptized. Okay? Maybe just to make that declaration, that public declaration of who Christ is in your life. Maybe you need to move in and get, him, get baptized. Okay? Maybe you need to move in a different direction. Serve on one of our serve teams. Or even better yet, move out of what you're doing and join a life group where you can be surrounded by other believers that can, can breathe life and encouragement into you that's different than what you were stuck in before. We've got to move out of that and move into what God has for us. And i got to say, there's, there, there's some of you that need to be reminded this morning that your victory has already been won. Okay? Now, I was just seeing if you were paying attention, but back in the, in the Joshua story, right? Right back in the very beginning of what I read in Joshua 6, verse 2, it says, But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. 
given, past tense. I have given you victory, right? But you got to move, right? Just like what he told Joshua and the men. I've given you victory, now you got to move. Come on, for, for many of you, those walls, those walls have already come down. They've already come down. You know, we often talk about the chains, right? We, we sing about chains, we talk about chains, about how they are holding us in captivity, in, stuck in place. That we're not free to move about and do the things that God has called us to do because we're stuck. But I'm telling you, through the, the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross, those chains are gone. They are disintegrated. They have fallen to the floor. They are no more. We need to walk into that victory and freedom that God has for us. You know, some of us are just like frozen in time because Satan has had such a hold over us for so long that the chains are gone, but we don't know what it looks like to move forward. Come on. We've got to believe that God has more for us. That God has a plan. He's got freedom. He's got a promised land. He's got joy. He's got all those things, all those blessings waiting for you. But you need to take that step. You need to move forward in what God is calling you to do. Come on, Jesus Jesus suffered on the cross. Okay? But He didn't stay in that suffering, right? He didn't stay in that suffering. He moved on. He was resurrected and that's why we have power. So just like He moved on from that suffering, you need to move on from that suffering as well. Would you bow your heads with mine? And I just ask that you would just kind of quiet quiet yourselves before, before God. Just exhale and just take a moment. I want to read read for you this message from God that's found in Revelation 3, verse 20 in the New King James. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Is your next act of obedience simply answering that knock? Jesus is there. He's standing there knocking at your heart, waiting, just waiting to come in. But He's not kicking down the door. No, you must open it. You must open the door and ask Him to come in. If you want to take that step today and ask Jesus into your heart, or if you've already invited Him into your heart, but you want to reestablish His authority over your life, just just raise a hand. Just raise a hand. This is just, man, this is just your declaration this morning of not staying where you are but moving forward into the freedom that God has for you. Thank you. And let's all all join in and repeat this prayer after me, helping those that have answered the knock and, and made the best decision of their lives. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up. Thank you. Thank you.